0: Great coaches ask great questions. The best days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else. Hello, and welcome to On It, Not In It, the interview series. I'm your host, Todd Eppert, and today I'm joined by Evan Delante, who is founder and CEO of Peaceful Fruits. Evan, thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to kick us off with a brief background as to who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, thanks, Todd. So uh, excited to be on here and appreciate uh, being flexible in this modern world. As you can see, I'm uh, sitting in a parking lot, but uh, it's the world we live in. So it's great to to, to talk today. Uh, yeah, my name is Evan Delahanty. As you said, I'm the founder and CEO of Peaceful Fruits. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, here in Ohio uh and have always really been rooted here in the community and wanting to to give back. And that's why after working for a couple of years and then traveling abroad as a Peace Corps volunteer, I came back and started a business that is at that intersection of nonprofit, mission-based, you know, sustainability and economic empowerment and for profit uh, you know, business enterprise aimed at creating a great market-driven product. And and that's what Peaceful Fruits really is. We're a certified B Corps that has a mission of empowerment working with adults with disabilities and uh and creating more education around mental health and at the same time we're also making true better for you you know on-trend fruit-based snacks that are as good or better than anything else on the marketplace and can compete in the expanding category candy category so that's what it's all about making money and doing good at the same time rooted right here in
0: ohio awesome awesome great story thanks for sharing that evan so you mentioned that you had a little bit of a corporate career and then you jumped into this because you felt this pullback in the community. Was that a real spark or was there something in addition to that that really sparked your entrepreneurial journey?
1: You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, you know, for me, I'd always felt like I wanted to build something of my own, uh, to start my own business, you know, to to, to prove myself and, and to to do, do things the way that I wanted and to, to build something, you know, that, that was really mine for better or worse. Um and after working in corporate for a couple of years, I, I took a pretty hard uh, zigzag from from the you know quote normal path for a lot of folks in my shoes, where rather than uh, like, you know climbing the, the chain and then uh, getting my MBA and then keep on climbing, I, I decided to do Peace Corps instead. So took a, a big turn, you know, moved the Amazon rainforest, and uh, really dedicated my life to helping other people that don't have the advantages that I, as a, you know, upper middle-class white guy, um, growing up in America, you know, I can't beat those cards. Right. Um, you know, no, there's always, always the grass is always greener or whatever, but like pretty, I'm a pretty lucky person. And it was important to me to, you know, not stay in that, in that pond to, to get out there and try to, to, give back on the larger scale. Um, and when I did that working with folks that, that literally had, you know, next to nothing, and we're just trying to survive and improve their families and their communities. You know, you come back from that and it, you say to yourself, oh, I always wanted to start something on my own. And you make all those excuses like, oh, the, the bolt of lightning, the resources, you know, whatever. It's like, get over it, buddy. Like, if you actually want to do this, just do it. I mean, you've been helping people with nothing. Literally, I've been helping them to start or build up their own small businesses for two years. So it was just time to do it. And so I think that motivation of seeing what other people were building you know, with next to nothing, and also having, you know, understood more about who I was as a person and what my goals and values were, that's what made it the right time to start for me.
0: Man, I love that story. Uh, yeah, you you, you kind of joked a little bit about the fact that you kind of won the gene pool lottery, right? Not only were you, you born, the, you were born at the right time in the right country, uh, in the right class to the right kinds of parents, and that's something that we don't get to control, and you've decided to do something about that. You said, hey, you know, I can give, I can do more with my, with my talents than just grow in the corporate ladder. So uh, no, no shame on anybody that does that, but awesome that you chose a different path to give back and to build something where you can really get back into your community um, after being abroad for a couple of years, which is incredible. So, so you okay. kind of mentioned a little bit about owning something on your own. What are some common misconceptions about running a business and how do you address them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there there's a couple of things that that people bump into a lot Uh, and when it comes to, to owning a business, running a business, especially starting a business, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot about a saying of, you know, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Right. Um, and, uh, especially if you're building a business like peaceful fruits, which, you know, we, we are very much a startup mentality. Uh, you know, like you said, nothing against people that stay in corporate, nothing against people that start small businesses, you know, there's a lot of. Small car dealer guys that are driving way nicer cars than me or ice cream shops or you know what, whatever it might be um, but what I'm doing as a startup is I'm trying to build something that can become a national brand and and that takes time it takes money um you know maybe smarter you know deeper pockets people could do it faster but but at the end of the day, it really takes an investment of time money and and uh, suffering <laughs> um, uh, to get there that that people don't recognize and It's not the only path. I think, you know, in some ways our society glorifies the, the, you know, the startup entrepreneur, but there's a lot of small business people that are doing great for themselves and and for the community. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that there are different paths, even outside of that corporate one. And if you choose to really try to build something fully scalable, that's awesome, but it it can also be a longer path to get there and to, to get to that, that breakout moment. Um, so you know, ten years to be an overnight success has been an important lesson. And you just got to really—you just can't skip laying some of those foundational stones. Um, and you got to be prepared for it to take some some time and some energy. And then I think you know, number two is just in the community. Uh, it, it's it's tough because especially when you start from a place of values and uh, you know the that dream, if you will, you know it's it's really hard to say no to things that that fit your values and to your dream. But as an entrepreneur, whether it's small business, startup, you name it, you have to say no to so many things, whether it's podcast requests. Obviously, I'm you know, happy to be on this one here with you, but, you know, I get dozens all the time, you know, donation requests, right, where every single, uh, you know, semi-aligned cause or unaligned cause, every nurse, every teach association, every cancer, you know, like there's just so many people that, that are well-deserving of time, attention, and, and donation, but like, I'm not profitable, right? You know, like I don't, you know, I'm not a profitable small business that buys a new Ferrari for myself every year at this stage. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, it's really important to focus on what your good is, what your goals are. And you have to say no to a lot of things along the way, personally, professionally, you know, values wise, you have to say no to a lot of stuff to stay focused on on that eyes on the prize, The you know, whether it's 10 years or however long it takes you. You have to be ready to 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 say no to a lot of things and to invest along the
0: way. Excellent. You know, I have a good friend that sums that up in like a really simple phrase. You can do anything, but you can't do everything, right? There you go. I, I love that. I love that comment. So that's that you just put it into, into words for me. It was really good. So you've talked about this 10 years to success journey and Peaceful Fruits has been around around seven years from what I could see. Um, mm-hmm. So what are your biggest challenges right now at the seven year mark to get to that success at 10?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, re- it's really been a journey for us. If I'm just going to be honest here for a minute and say that, yeah. you know, it- it's, it's harder than you think starting out, at least it-, it was for me, even with all the the good cards that I had in my hand, um, you know, uh, it's, it's still tough. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of privileges that have allowed me to, to, to deal with that and to handle that, but, but it's not, it's not easy for anybody. Um, and uh I think for us, the key learning so far has really been about being open to learning and being open to iteration, right? It's just, it's, it's so simple, but like, you have to listen to what your customers say. And for us, that's forced us to evolve over the last couple of years. And I got to be honest, COVID was actually very lucky for us, right? We had just started to take those initial steps of scale with our, you know, our MVP, right? Our minimum viable product that had, you know, done decently well gotten some traction it's a great product you know i'll put it up against anything else like it in the marketplace but it's in a very small niche market this is our original uh you know very premium fruit leather dried fruit fruit snacks that it's a very small premium market um and yeah it's a great product but you're competing for a teeny tiny you know little market there and so when covid hit and all the grocery stores suddenly said "Eh, you know what evan we're just not going to keep gambling on little brands like you, you know, we're going to pull back that forced us to take a deep breath and, and step back and evaluate and say, well, hold on a second. You know, we're listening. Let's, let's look at all the feedback that we've gotten from our customers over those first two or three years of work. And, you know, all the R and D that we've done, all the manufacturing know-how that we've built up. And, you know, is, is this the best that we can do where, you know, people can still say no, and we realized well hold on a second we can actually do better right there's a way that we can evolve the product evolve the offering evolve the manufacturing practices that we'd built up to create an even more compelling product that could go after a larger market so it was really you know taking that forced pause that the <laughs> that the world went through and saying you know let's use this to listen to analyze to 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 digest and really can we do better than we're doing today? And the answer for us was yes, you know? And so that's where we dove into R&D and really redeveloped our whole concept to be more fun, more candy-like, more uh, more exciting to fit what consumers were asking us for, which was, you know, not superfood, acai-based, purist fruit leather, but stuff that was fun, that was exciting, that was better for their kids to eat, That but that their kids actually wanted to eat, right? And for us, that meant really embracing the fun side of fruit snacks and candy while maintaining that the better nutrition that sets us apart from anybody else in the marketplace. So that, that, that was really the big learning for us was just staying humble and saying like, Oh my gosh, I'm three years in, and I'm going to throw out the throw out the bathwater and, and, and start again from an R and D perspective. Yep. Yes, we are because we can do better than our current offering. And we're never going to hit that overnight success that, you know, that, that national brand level, if we don't really put out the best damn product out there. And and that's what we're doing today is we put the investment in and the response from consumers, from retailers, it's, it's 180 degrees, right? Like you don't know that you're experiencing product market fit. You don't know that you're experiencing pull from the consumer until you actually do, you're like, Oh, you know, is this it? Like, I think this is not bad. If it's not bad, it's not good enough. And that's what we had to admit to ourselves. And that's where now going through it with a much better, more differentiated product—it's night and day. And so I couldn't be more proud that we were willing to to take the time to, you know, take the the feedback and, uh, you know, the enforced <laughs> pause of of COVID to make the make the silver lining out of that and say, wait, we can use this time to make something better. And that's exactly what we did.
0: That's excellent. So, yeah, so, you know, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs about the pandemic and how that impacted businesses. And so it sounds like you guys really made a significant pivot shift during that time. Uh, And you've come out on the other side very much more successful to you, to use your words. Uh, So so that's something that obviously we can't plan for. Pandemics happen roughly once every hundred years. Hopefully we will never (laughs) see another one in our lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know that doesn't stop the business landscape from constantly evolving and changing, so you made a pivot out of necessity maybe during that time. Is there something you're doing? Is there a strategy you're implementing to stay innovative today, no matter what happens in the future
1: i I think it's it's a great point, right? I mean you as a business person, you have to take opportunities when they come and you know not be afraid to to you know, double down, or to jump, or to walk away, right? These are, can all be the right answer, but you have to recognize an opportunity and and actively decide what you're going to do about it. But the other part of being a business owner is you have to look to create those opportunities. And so for us, that really means that we have a, a deep pipeline of product concepts and a, of you know kind of platform like ideas where I, we we have things in in the mix that stem from that same initial source of innovation which is this is what consumers are asking for these are the types of of things that we're hearing from consumers again and again and again let's come up with that you know blue sky brainstorm answers to those questions and we don't have to take them all to develop right that's that's what i think people get hung up on is oh i have this great idea dive into it right now no 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 have that pool of ideas where you know if you go on peacefulfruits.com today you'll see a half dozen different Candy-based fruit concepts that are 100% fruit, no added sugar. They fit our values, but have that fun candy-like appeal that that where we see the bigger opportunity. We've got another half dozen behind that that are waiting for the right moment, the right investment. We've got things that are aligned, you know, closely to that, but one lane over in the grocery store. They continue to evolve the brand and the offering. Today is not the right day to invest in those. We got to do the first, you know, three or four hero products first to get to that next level of success. Um, but you have to have those ideas percolating and it developed just enough so that when that larger opportunity comes up, like, oh, you know, there's an airline that wants a snack. None of your products today fit it perfectly, but we have this concept that's 42% developed and we could take it the rest of the way in three months, you know, or, or whatever it might be. It's important to have those things stewing in the back of your mind and and ready to go and just that focus on listening to the consumer that tells you what to then develop more
0: excellent excellent so uh so just you're talking a little bit about future and having those things ready to go for the next opportunity so could you give us a glimpse into your future plans and goals for the business like uh, what do you envision for the next chapter of your entrepreneurial journey
1: absolutely i mean for us uh we really set out to prove uh a broad platform approach here where there were a couple of other companies over the last five years that really showed that better for you worked in the candy aisle. You know, before this, there was a little bit of, of uncertainty about, you know, can candy be better for you? Can fruits, you know, like what, what is this? Right. And, uh, and, and they really show that, yes, people are willing to pay more for healthier, you know, less guilty, you know, better for you options in the candy aisle and in that sort of wraparound space. And so that's where we dove in. You know, there's now a ton of better for you gummy bears, right? There's a ton of those types of objects. And we said, well, hold on. We can apply our approach to fruit manufacturing and fill out the whole rest of the shelf to create, really to fill that white space between fruit snacks and fruit-based candy with a plethora of options that give consumers all the fun of candy, but all the nutrition of of, of real fruit so that we're better. On both ends of the spectrum, and really fill the fill the white space. And so for us, we want to prove out that that you know that whole range of shelf space that piece of fruits can offer something that no one else can in that in that middle between real really good ingredients and really fun experiential playfulness, and prove that that works both in the mainstream, you know, mass market stores like Walmart and Target, uh, and in the natural chain like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. And if we can if we can really show success in those two channels, you know that's where this becomes uh, a national brand with real legs. You know that uh, can become the next Annie's Organics or uh, other companies like that that have built a lot of different uh, similar you know snack related food related brand or not brands but products, but all around that same value of better for you, family trusted and really creating a a whole swath of, of, of value across the market. That's what our goal is for this. And to build that, that, you know, that significant business and brand that consumers can really trust to take that next step of evolution, because that's exactly what our products are compared to Annie's organics is, you know, they took it a big step forward from corn syrup and, you know, red 40 and whatever, but they still have a lot of the, you know, a lot of added sugar, a lot of junk, a lot of stuff that doesn't fit, you know, today's new values. And so the world keeps evolving and, and we're here to keep pushing it forward
0: excellent excellent thanks for sharing those details we really appreciate that uh i was going to ask you where we can find your products you just answered that question so places like trader joe's whole foods smaller more boutique grocery markets in our areas that are more focused on that whole life um uh, more healthy living style foods is that correct
1: yeah absolutely we're not 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 in trader Joe's yet but uh work, working on it working on it but um but yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we we do have a mix, right? We have a mix of natural grocery and of more mainstream. I mean, we're in we're in TJ Maxx. So, uh mm-hmm. we want to be where our consumers are, and I think part of our value proposition is proving that that consumer is not just a sprouts or whole foods consumer anymore, right? Better for you is one of the biggest trends, and it's it's in Walmart too. So, that's where we want to be as well
0: okay excellent excellent appreciate that and appreciate you sharing that specific around yeah hey this applies to everybody not just you know the foodies out there or whatever you want to call us uh, the folks that are on the trending side of staying more healthy yep. with their- uh, so final yeah, question it's,
1: it's it's really been a good trend
0: good yeah 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 I, I, would, I would I would agree and I think you're you're hitting a market space that's needed right it sounds sounds like you've seen that and you're you're like you said your consumers are telling you what they need uh, which is great so final question mm-hmm. for what Advice would you offer an aspiring entrepreneur who's just starting their journey and facing challenges in their business?
1: So I, I think in general, uh, there's two things that have really resonated with me, right? And the first one is usually the stuff that you think is going to be hard it is not that hard, right? It, it's just a question of of it, of getting it started. I mean, it's it's so silly at this point, but just remembering back, I mean, I was so intimidated by the idea of how do you form an LLC? You know, how do you get barcodes on your products? Like, you know, some of those, those bureaucratic little steps that people let stop them from starting a big dream just because like, uh, how do I figure out how to navigate this stupid, you know, website and, or you know, I have to pay a lawyer five grand to do, you know, like you don't like, these are these, those little steps that just seem so intimidating just just grit your teeth and do it man like it's not it's it's not as hard as you think it is to get started and once you take that first step it's not as hard as you think to take the second step so you can't let those little things dissuade you and that's the main piece of advice is you just have to start if you have a dream if you have an idea just start no excuses and and number 2 is going back to you know my biggest learning which was our initial product was great but at least in with COVID happening, with whatever else, it wasn't good enough to make it in the environment that I found myself in, with the resources that I found myself having in that moment. Is it a great product? Yes. Could it still be successful? Yes. Could I make it successful in 2019 when the grocery stores were closing down? Nope, I couldn't. You know, uh, And being ready to admit that is the other really important thing of saying – what are your conditions for success? What are, are your conditions for failure? And if you hit those, what are you going to do about it? You have to you have to know what your goals are so that if you're not hitting them, you can pivot away and not waste your life and your time and your blood, sweat and tears on something that, you know, is either not working or could work better if you if you changed your point of view a little bit. So set your criteria, start going after it. And if you're not hitting it for whatever reason, change that's the great thing about doing your own business is that you're in control and, and you can change the direction at any time.
0: Excellent. I love that. Uh, Yeah. I hear that a lot from uh, entrepreneurs. Hey man, fail fast, right? Pivot, fail fast. (laughs) Right. So great, great comment. really appreciate that advice. So, so Evan, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Listeners are really going to appreciate this one. I appreciate what you've gone through in the seven years you've been in business and I'm rooting for you to get to that 10 year success. Right. Uh, so it's great meeting you, learning more about your entrepreneurial journey. To everybody watching, I look forward to, to you uh, listening and seeing us in the next episode and hearing your thoughts. So Evan, thanks again.
1: All right. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Todd.